Thanks for tuning in to Farmer Theologian, a podcast designed to help you build deeply rooted practical theology. Let's get to work. All right, friends, welcome to a new episode of Farmer Theologian, episode 36. We have made it thus far. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your support. Thank you for continuing to listen. Thank you, especially for your uh, support of and feedback on the episode regarding my trip to Honduras. Uh, I have been amazed by the feedback for that. It's already, or it's not quite already. I think it's quickly becoming, probably this week, it will surpass um, previous episodes and become my most listened to episode on this podcast. That's amazing considering it's only been up for a couple weeks. So thank you for uh, supporting that. Thank you for your feedback on that. Please do keep praying for the folks in Honduras and, uh, and pray for our church that that trip would continue to be a blessing and help us um, work through and refocus and um, just be compelled further on to missions and to supporting uh, the work that the Lord is doing there in Honduras. All right, today's episode, we are going to jump back into the main point series with a look at ecclesiology or the doctrine of the church. Just a reminder, because it's been a little while uh, since I've tapped into this series, The point of this series is not to give exhaustive teaching on any of these doctrines, but to give, as the the title would suggest, main points of each doctrine. And so I fully admit that I'm not giving exhaustive explanations of things. Um, Hopefully, prayerfully, this study would be designed to help you uh, be intrigued and want to study these doctrines more for yourself. But it really is, uh, each episode is designed to be the most basic primer on these doctrines uh, to get you thinking and to get you a main idea. So also some have asked, uh, it was never really my intention to do this uh, series one after another, but to kind of have this as an every so often type of episode. And that's certainly been the case uh, between the last one on soteriology and this one. Um, It has been quite a break in this series that was somewhat by design, maybe not the the length of the break for this one being from June until now, but um, the series wasn't designed to go one after another. So we will do ecclesiology today, and then uh, sometime in the future we'll do one on angelology, and then we'll do everybody's favorite on eschatology before we wrap up this series. Uh, But those will not necessarily be the next two podcast episodes. So stay tuned if you're looking for uh, information on angelology or eschatology. Now, for today, we are going to jump into ecclesiology, which is the doctrine of the church or the study of the church. And I think the first thing, the first main point that must be discussed as we think through what is the church is defining that very thing. So to understand the doctrine of the church, we must first define the church. And so I would define it this way. The church is those who have been chosen by God and called from slavery to sin unto faith in Jesus Christ. That would, of course, be the global church or the small c Catholic church, um, the unseen church, as it were. It's all those who have been chosen by God and called from slavery to sin unto faith in Jesus Christ. Simply put, it is those who are saved, those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Anyone who has done that is part of the church. Now, within that definition, we also recognize that the church is often spoke of with regard to local congregations. So a church in terms of a local congregation would be a body of believers who have 
join together in relationship for ministry together within a particular setting um, in particular area that the Lord has called them to. But the church global is all those who have been chosen by God, called out of slavery to sin and unto faith in Jesus Christ. What is the purpose of the church? This would be our second main point, the purpose of the church. I put it this way. The church displays the glory of God presently by serving to accomplish his purposes in making disciples among the nations. And the church will ascribe glory to God eternally through worship. So we have a present purpose for the church. That is accomplishing his purposes, giving glory to him, worshiping him, and being obedient to him in his call of making disciples among the nations. That is the present purpose of the church. But the eternal purpose, which doesn't go against today's purpose and isn't in contradiction to it, or it isn't a later purpose necessarily, but it is the eternal purpose of the church is to ascribe glory to God eternally through worship. So now we have a purpose of making disciples through the nation, but there is a uh, a disciple among the nations, of the nations, if you will, but there is a, a timeline on that because when we're in the new heavens and new earth, there will still be a church but we will no longer be making disciples. Instead, we will be glorifying him through worship. What is the authority of the church? So we have a church defined, the church's purpose. I think the next main point is to understand the organization of the church first by its authority. The church under the leadership of, or under the lordship rather of Christ is led, and this would refer to individual congregations, is led by qualified elders and served by qualified deacons. The church, under the Lordship of Christ, is led by qualified elders and served by qualified deacons. This speaks to the organization and authority of the church. And it's a very quick, obviously, summary statement, but I would highlight there that we are all under Christ's Lordship. He is the head of the church. The rest of us are joints and ligaments. And within that understanding of the body and the different parts, the Lord has given us qualifications for elders who would lead the church and qualifications for deacons who would serve and minister in the church. Now, we don't want to get too far off stream of the main uh, appointments here. Maybe I'll do a future episode kind of defining the distinctions between elders and deacons, but I know there might be some questions on that, but again, we're sticking to the main points here. One thing I would highlight is that intentional use in what I just said of qualified for both. Not just any man can be an elder, not just any uh, man can be a deacon. It takes qualified people to be in those things. And God determines those qualifications, including which gender he allows in those positions. All right, let's talk about the church's devotion. So if we're tracking along here, this is the fourth main point. So we have the definition of the church, the purpose of the church, the organization and authority of the church, and then the fourth, the devotion of the church. The church demonstrates its devotion to Christ through the proclamation of Scripture, prayer, observance of the sacraments, and loving service to one another. We are to be devoted to Christ, and Scripture tells us that we are devoted to Christ in following His design for the church, and that includes these elements. The proclamation of Scripture, prayer, observance of the sacraments, and I would say there are two. Um, as a faithful Protestant, there are two, baptism and the Lord's Supper, and the loving service to one another. That is how we display our devotion to Christ in our gathering. Next, let's talk about the sanctification of the church. The sanctification of the church. Here I have this kind of main point described this way. God progressively sanctifies his church 
through the means of grace, including scripture, prayer, providence, fellowship, worship, the sacraments, and church discipline. These are the means which God has given to the church. And, and in this sense, we're talking about it's executed in local congregations. These are the means by which God sanctifies his church, by which he progressively makes his church more like Christ. This is an exhaustive list, but these are the highlights, I would say, of the means of sanctification by which God purifies and sanctifies his church. And then the last thing we'll talk about with regard to the church is the gifts. Now, we covered this in the uh, pneumatology section, and so if you have further questions on those, I'd point you back to that uh, main point series on pneumatology. But also remember, again, this is a, a series designed to cover main points. And so we're going to give a, a broad overview that I'm sure this one will stir up some questions and maybe we'll um, have some follow-up episodes on particular points. But for the main point session, let's talk about the gifting of the church. The Holy Spirit ministers to the church through the gifts, some of which were temporary, namely apostleship, prophecy, tongues, and healings, and others of which are ongoing preaching, teaching, exhortation, service, leading, gift, uh, giving, mercy, faith, discernment, evangelism, and shepherding. The Lord has ordained that his spirit would minister to his church, would serve the church, would build up the church, edify the church, and sanctify the church through various giftings. Some of those giftings were temporary, were for the times of the apostles. Apostleship, prophecy, tongues, healings, those miraculous gifts, or you might hear them called the sign gifts. Um, I, I'm a cessationist, so I believe those have ceased at the end of the age of the apostles. Other gifts, though, are ongoing, and these are all means by which the Spirit works to build up His church. I think it's important for us to understand that, and I would encourage you to think through that in how you are using your gifts and being faithful to use your gifts. The church, by God's design, needs people of a variety of giftings, of a variety of experiences, of a variety of stages of life, of a variety of wisdom, so that we're all working together with Him as our head, building one another up, and, and there will be, as Colossians says, a growth which comes from God. And so let me encourage you, if you're thinking about your gifting, examine yourself and see if you are using that gifting, because that is part of how the Lord has determined to build up his church. So there we go. We have five or six main points, if you will, on ecclesiology, the church, how it's defined, its purpose, its authority or organization, its devotion, its sanctification, and its gifting. Friends, if this uh, podcast has intrigued you, um, I would encourage you to study this doctrine more. But the one thing that I really hope you take away from this, if you've listened to this and you're not involved in a local church, I pray you would listen to it again in these meager offerings of information on what the Bible teaches about the church, these main points. I pray that it would encourage you to see the importance of a local congregation in your life. Yes, everyone who believes in Christ is part of the global church, of those who have been chosen by God and called from slavery to sin unto faith in Christ. That is true. If you're a believer in Christ, you're a part of a church. And under Christ's lordship, I would encourage you to submit to his means by which he builds up, edifies, and accomplishes his purposes through the global church, and that is through the means that he has established for local congregation, for local churches. You need to be in a church, friend. If you are a believer in Christ, it is a matter of obedience to his lordship 
to be in a church submitting to his means of grace by which he is designed to build you up as a, a member of his body and to use you to build others up as members of his body. This is his design, that we are not free to decide how we do church. God has laid it out in his word and spoken clearly in his word. And so we want to, I want to encourage you, friend, to submit to that. And if you're not in a local church, please do get plugged in to a local church. Well, friend, that's it for today's episode, episode 36 on ecclesiology. I pray this podcast is continuing to encourage and strengthen you. I pray that it's continuing to encourage you to uh, study doctrine more deeply, and I pray that it will show practically in how you live and order your life. Thank you for tuning in to Farmer Theologian as we all continue to build deeply rooted practical theology.